Business Tech Weekly Podcast, episode number 45. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Business Tech Weekly. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is Andy Traub. I'm the guy without the voice, and Andy's the guy with the voice. You'll be able to tell us apart throughout the episode, I'm sure. <laughs> hey, we've got a lot of technology tools and things you can use to be more profe- proficient, effective, and manage things better in your small to medium-sized business. We're going to talk about that right now. Andy, I feel like a little boy going through puberty. <laughs> nah, I'm not hearing the peaks, man. I'm not hearing the, the cracks. Oh, I know the, what that was like, man. Yeah. So anyway. No, you're just raspy and uh this too shall pass. So yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to that. So yeah. hey, hey, I understand that uh we've got some uh new things going on in the world of Gmail. You and I are both huge fans of of Gmail, and I see something in the show notes here and I'm asking myself, why would you want to do that? Yeah. Right, so you tell know, us about it. Well, it's uh, it's the ability to schedule Gmail messages with a tool called or a service called Boomerang, and essentially you have to go to their site and you download it uh, into your uh, browser, uh, Chrome and or Firefox, and I think it's still in private beta, uh, or there's still private codes. Um, so if you go to the link in our show notes, uh, I got the original article from Lifehacker and they had two thousand invitations. And they were gone, but there were some people that made comments, and there were some other codes in this comment. So basically, you can download it, and it gives you the ability to schedule messages uh, using Gmail. So right in, uh, you know, when you're composing a message in Gmail, and it's working for my Google Apps account as well, uh, just to clarify that for Google Apps users, right above where you would, uh, you know, compose your message and, and, and choose which account you're sending it from, so on and so forth, it'll show an extra menu bar or extra, actually just one extra button and it says boomerang and you can set it to, you know, go out an hour later, two hours later uh, or a specific time. Now, you know, how, how would I use this in my business? I haven't specifically found a way to implement that I have a need for it. Um, you know, most of my scheduling emails goes out, you know, via e-newsletters with a service like MailChimp where you can schedule, obviously, that to go out at a certain time. But I can see if there's a group of people that I did want to communicate with at a certain time. And, and here's, here's where I can see this maybe fitting in. In the same way that people strategically send e-newsletters at a certain time, I think you could possibly send, if you don't use an e-newsletter service, you could strategically send emails at a, at a certain time. Now, you could use this in a negative way, like I'm going to send it to them when they're out of the office, like after five, because I don't want them to respond right away. Or... You could send it, you know, at 7:30 in the morning, knowing that it's probably going to be, you know, at the top of their email list, uh, you know, in, in the morning. Some other uses I've seen or people talk about is if you do happen to send out uh, reminder emails to people uh, for, you know, birthdays or thank yous, things like that, that you could essentially schedule them out. Um, so if you're an event planner and you want to send out thank yous to people individually, you could basically schedule them before the event even happens. You could send out thank you notes and just be done with it. 
and as you and I both have uh, virtual assistants, Cliff, it's something you could delegate to a virtual assistant and say, hey, schedule these personal notes to go out at this time. Uh, and then the, the other part of this, the technical part, is they exist in your drafts folder. So you can always go in and, and adjust them or delete them later. That's where they're stored. So that's Boomerang for Gmail. Very cool. The very first thing I heard, thought of as soon as you said it is like, well, isn't that like post-dating a check? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm sending you this message this morning, but I actually all scheduled that a long time ago. Right, you know, right. Th- three three days before I got in the car crash and died. So, <laughs> I, no, I'm not <laughs> really a, someone sending Someone wrote you... the notes. They said, great, I can freak out my family after I'm dead. You know, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I think people, people are very used to and understand using this, you know, this kind of scheduling with e-newsletters. And I think there's people that maybe don't have that large of a list that they want to go through because it is more complicated to create an e-newsletter. There's a lot more steps involved, but maybe there's groups of people that you want you want to schedule a reminder every Friday morning, you know, yeah. whatever it might be. And you can just create all those at once or have your VA do it. So, yeah, I, interesting, li- uh, I don't know that I'm going to use it. It's just sort of an extra button for me right now. But it's we take it as our responsibility at Business Type Weekly to, to give you more information than you could ever possibly use in a lifetime. Exactly. And of course, I am looking here. Somebody in the chat room while you were talking asked, um, he said he heard us mentioning Gmail and Google Apps, and he says, "Hey, is it possible? Let's see if I can find it." Foreclosure man, or foreclosure answer man says, "Can I use Gmail to manage several email accounts with different domains and dump my Outlook?" And we would say, "Yes, you can," and we encourage you to do so. And here is a link to episode number twenty of Business Tech Weekly, titled "Google Mail." Well, and please keep listening because. Three more notes down in our, uh, in our, well, two more is, um, well, we'll get to that, but keep listening. Yeah, so. keep listening to this episode. This episode. This episode, coming soon to a podcast near you. <laughs> All right, so uh, Andy, I understand that you got mentioned in a blog post at 30 seg- 37 Signals. Yeah, it's funny. I'm a little peeved because they didn't like link to me at all. They just said my name, but they did link to a YouTube video I made. And the point of this is not like, yay, Andy got mentioned in 37 Signals blog, but uh here, here's the here's what happened. I, I got mentioned in their product blog, which I got I think got linked to some other stuff. I don't know if it's in Signals versus Noise, which is their sort of thought-provoking blog. They have that one, and then they have the product blog, which is product updates. But I have a Google Alert set up for my name, and it popped up that I was on 37 Signals, and I was like, what is that? So I went, and they, you know, there's a reference in our, if you go to the 37 Signals product blog, just Google that right now, you'll, you'll see it in there. But I made a YouTube video, gosh, a couple months ago, on how to, you know, create templated to-do lists with Basecamp. And I just made it for a client, and then I happened to post it to YouTube. And they they pulled it and said, hey, one of our users made this video. And the point I wanted to make with it is not like, yay me, because I didn't make any money from it. And, you know, they didn't even link to my, you know, page or anything like that. But the point I wanted to make is if you put out enough helpful information, I think at some point it, it starts to ripple back to you and people see you as an expert. Yeah. Um, so I just think that's the power of YouTube that I put that thing out there. Some guy from South Dakota, you know, on the frozen tundra puts this, this, this thing out there. And then, you know, a blog to get hundreds of thousands of, of views, someone gets to go see that, you know, it also, cause I was kind of embarrassed cause I kind of go, Oh, and I, and a lot of it, you know, of the, uh, <laughs> of the, uh, recording, it, it reminds you like do things with excellence because someone might pick it up and make it 
larger. <laughs> All right. I'm going to I'm so. going to say a couple things here. First and foremost, they give you much more than than a link back to your website. I mean, I I'm looking at the screen capture of their blog post and I see your logo, big, huge, gigantic front and center. MPT, more profit technology. And if I it, Well, and I did talk I did talk about my product that I sell in the tutorial. And I'm like, did, hey, I sell this product. And so, so you can say that they didn't give you any kind of credit with the link back, but no, I, I completely disagree there. You got a ton. And besides, if I wanted to, all I have to do is click the little YouTube logo and it brings me right here to your YouTube channel. Right. And that's another great example. And I'm not going to disagree Everyone with you. Try. They do link back, but it's another great reminder, I should say, to make sure that you are, you know, when you set up your YouTube channel, are you setting it up so it's branded or does it look like everybody else's right. you know you know make sure your outposts are are branded so people if they happen to stumble upon you can get back to you right and so that's so that's some great stuff i think it's it, i think it's extremely inter- interesting that you've been highlighted on their blog <laughs> and then you've completely jumped ship and you've gone somewhere else for services well what's funny is i actually downgraded enough of my extra things in high rise and base camp that i can use their free versions yeah and keep keep my content there. I've exported it to my other services, but um, yeah, I still love 37 signals. I just, you're I'm just, just not using it. I'm just not paying them any money. You're, so. you're just dating at this time <laughs> and, and you guys are free to uh, see other so, people. Yeah. You make things relational. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> it's all about relationships, man. It, it is. I, um, I hey, let me that. do my horn a little bit more, which is, um, so anyway, the, the tip there was make stuff that helps people. It comes back around. Yes. Uh, the next thing I want to bring up, and this is why I wanted uh, you know, our, our friend in the chat room to stick around, is I have two products that um, I've finished now, video tutorials. One is on how to become a Gmail master. It's over an hour long, and I basically go through the 7,000 tips or tweaks that I have to my inbox to make it what it is between filters and tags and multiple inboxes and pulling in 15 different email accounts and sending them from one one inbox. Um, and so I had that product, and I just finished uh, uh, Master Google Voice. It's about 47, 48 minutes long, uh, which, you know, I could give somebody a tour of Google Voice in about five minutes, but I spent almost an hour in it. And tomorrow, um, and, you know, part of Business Tech Weekly is we tell you what we're doing, but we also want to teach you. You know, like Podcast Answer Me and Cliff, you do a great job of teaching because that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so one thing I'm going to do is tomorrow when I put these things for sale, uh, I'm going to send out a coupon code on Twitter and there's only going to be a certain amount of those coupons available. So it's a, it's a teaching exercise, obviously, that people can see how you can create uh, demand for something by saying, you know, there's only 15 of these codes, go out and get it. Now, they're only $29, so it's not a big break the bank, but I'm going to put out probably a $10 coupon off and I'll probably put 10 or 15 of them just to see uh, you know, how many people bite. And if I, if they want more, they can DM me. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm excited because one of my goals with the, creating those products, Cliff, is I said, you know what, I want to teach people you can make a product in one day. So I woke up on Monday and I started taking notes and I sketched out my, uh, my, my product and then, and my script for my tutorial. And then I did the recording through most of the day and I edited it and it was a long day, but I basically woke up with nothing and went to bed with a fully edited, uploaded, you know, to my site, got the, the button so you can purchase it. Uh, when you go to andytribe.com and click on buy stuff, you know, it's all, it's all there. Uh, so I did a product in one day and it's because I'm trying to be not, you know, obviously keep myself accountable, but to our listeners and to fellow entrepreneurs, 
you know, you need to ship stuff. You know, could I spend three more days on that thing to make it better? Sure. But I'm not. I like, I put it out there. It's very good. It's going to help a lot of people. I've gotten great feedback already from folks. And, you know, we want to show people that you can do this. And I did it with a, a MacBook and a $30 headset and a $100 screen throw program. So uh, it, it can be done. And if you do want those coupon codes, just follow me on Twitter and keep an eye out tomorrow for the become a Gmail and become a Google Voice Master. I'll have those. Um, you can pay full price today if you want. I don't mind. But, uh, <laughs> but I'll, uh, I've, I'll send out some coupon codes tomorrow. Very cool. Yeah. So, and, and that's at andytraub.com and follow him on uh, Twitter at twitter.com slash andytraub. Yeah, from there you just click on buy stuff. Yeah, cool. And then it's A-N-D-Y-T-R-A-U-B, just in case you were wondering. Alrighty, so what else we got going on here? Um, I see that uh, Amazon Prime, you can give that as a gift. Is that what you're saying? And of course, we lost Andy. All right, we're back. We have uh, we we lost our connection there with Andy. Andy is now going to be joining us for the rest of the show via the old way, the telephone. Oh, that's old school, and it's like you know a cell phone. That's old school. Good stuff. Hey, that's fine. Uh, here's the deal. Um, so we were going to talk a little bit about Amazon gifting of Prime. Tell us about what Amazon Prime is, and and what's the big de- big deal about being able to gift it. Well, I, I should clarify. I'm talking about using Amazon Prime, which costs about eighty bucks a year. It's a free two day shipping on most items on Amazon, uh, or. Uh, $4 for any single item to do, to do it overnight. Um, but the idea of gifting is I use Amazon Prime a lot, not just for myself, but when I want to send something to clients. And, you know, it has paid off considerably for me to be able to say, hey, let me send you that book. And to get it to them in two days is a big wow factor. And sometimes I'll overnight it for an extra $4, like I said. But a lot of people don't realize that Amazon Prime, that you... Like I just said, you, you don't have to just use it for your own household. They don't limit what address you send it to uh, in the continental U.S. So if you do send a lot of things to clients, gifts, books, items of such nature, then then I would encourage you to pick up an Amazon Prime membership because I just know I've saved hundreds of dollars on shipping by using it to send to other folks. And then if you have more than one, you can have up to four people on one Amazon Prime membership. Um, they say per household, so I'm not quite sure how to regulate that by your address or whatever, but so a husband and a wife could obviously have separate Amazon accounts and share the same Prime membership. But it's something that I don't know if a lot of people thought about if you happen to gift people things. Well, I, I, I think that that's pretty interesting. I, I like the idea of this. The, the concern that I have is that on Amazon, these people have like these quote-unquote stores and stuff. To it. So there's a lot of things that show up as available for sale, especially this t- kind of stuff that I look at for, like for example, uh, gadgets and technology and stuff. Um, the, I oftentimes see that those things aren't available for Amazon Prime. You're right. Sometimes they're not. I'm surprised about how many times they are. Honestly, from my experience, I've seen a lot of them. I'm more surprised that they are than they aren't. But it does. It will limit. Um, and you can you can actually adjust your search terms so you're only finding things that are available via Amazon Prime. But uh, but yeah, it does limit your shopping. You can always just you know purchase it as you normally would. But I've definitely found it to be a worthwhile uh, purchase for my business as I purchase gifts for clients. 
Right. And so they're asking, so you basically the idea here is that you can actually drop ship to any number of addresses using your Amazon Prime account and also yep. get overnight for four bucks. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, that's a pretty sweet deal. But again, you know, you'd have to look at, I, I would caution people to look at the stuff you're shipping. Is it coming from Amazon's warehouses or is it going to be like somebody who's having like, they have a store there and to get the right. the stuff at the best prices, you know, are you getting it from somebody who's actually shipping it from their house and they don't honor Amazon Prime? But uh, I had never thought of that, and that's a great idea. I didn't know that you could actually ship it to anybody else. Is it yeah. just in the U.S. or is it U.S. and Canada or what's going on there? Probably just uh, I U.S. Think it's, just, it's just U.S. It's just U.S. Uh, a couple more clarifications, though. It'll just save you some time and, and worry. First, if you're a college student, Amazon's trying to be a little crack dealer and get you hooked early. And they give you a free year of Amazon Prime. Really? Free for a year. So if you're a college student, you can go sign up for that. The second um, is that uh, you can do a trial membership. I think it's 30 days for free. Uh, and check that out. Um, so, you know, check out the service. Um, and the other, the other caveat is that if you do ship to other addresses other than your main home address, you have to re-enter your payment information every time. Yeah. So I held a class and I sent out 15 books, uh, 15 of Mitch Joel's books to each one of my attendees. Well, I had to enter in my payment information every time I entered a new address. But I personally like that because it, you know, I mean, someone can't jump into your account and send themselves thousand dollars worth of stuff without re-entering, you know, payment information. Yeah, but so. if you have Text Expander, each field is only two keystrokes. So <laughs> Text Expander, there you go. There you go. All right. There you so, go. so anyway, that's all the little stuff today. All right. So the 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 other big thing that you have here is could your business go all the way on Skype or go no, all the in? No. The answer is no apparently because if I didn't rely on Skype and I could have a regular phone line, but here's the deal. I'm joking because I'm on the cell phone instead of the internet right now because the internet's out. But um, so if I went from using Vonage, which is internet based voice over internet protocol, VoIP, yeah. Skype now. And I can tell you, the only thing I miss is a physical phone, which I'm going to purchase a, a physical Skype phone for about 80 bucks. And uh, I can just tell you that I'm very pleased with the switch so far. Um, it was easier for me to go from Vonage to Skype and from Landline to Vonage because if my internet was out before, I couldn't use my phone. If my internet's out like it is right now, then I couldn't use my phone. So it's not real different for me. And I know that you are, you know, you, you don't prefer this option. But again, just to tell folks, you know, it's costing me about seven bucks a month to have unlimited calling, and the only thing I'm finding is troublesome is I get confused whether I'm on a Skype call with someone or a, a landline call. Like today, I was going to say, "Oh, let's just do a quick screen share," and they're like, "What are you talking about? We're on a phone call." Because I thought we were on Skype. So, right. um, but it's something to consider, and I'm actually going to make a, a you know a, a how-to video. It won't be very long on how to how to actually use Skype as your sole uh, phone line. So something to consider. Right. Yeah, that, that's that's interesting. Um, and Jason, of course, asks, what about calling 911 on Skype? Of course, you can't call 911 on Skype. But there, I mean, no. obviously you could program other numbers. But again, it, you know, this, that's, you know, that's the, that was the big thing telephone carriers tried to get you hooked on. It's like, listen, you, you can't call 911. You can't call 911. You know, but, you could certainly program an emergency dial button, and I mean, I don't know, I don't know. I, well, I, I guess there's a lot of value. Has, 
my cell phone has nine one and one on it, so I, I, I uh, it works. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're yeah. yeah, but so so you're not looking at getting rid of your cell phone though, right? Oh no, 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 no. I still want to be portable and such. So. Anyway. Although you you know eventually you could actually just get an iPod Touch and have Skype on it and just carry yourself just a little wireless hotspot that you go around with you. That's you're looking into the future for me. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I still like having the hardwired line. I I don't know why. I I just I feel like it's a better uh, it's a better reception. I think that uh, you know I I kind of like the reliability i mean oftentimes the internet will drop out just because it rained outside and i like yeah, the idea that yeah. the, my phone really and honestly in the last six years i can't remember a time my my phone when i picked it up that it wasn't ready to make a call i that's just not yeah. ever happened yeah uh, and, well, and actually i asked the question could a business ever go all in on skype and my answer was probably not for most businesses um but you know for a second line or something you know yeah. i don't think it's a for portability, I mean, it's cheap enough. You could just have it as a second number if you wanted to, and you yeah. can set it up like I did, where you know, when I call someone from my Skype, they get my Google Voice number that shows up. Yeah. So I, again, Google Voice comes into play. Yeah. Um, Stephen's asking, are you using a Google Voice number that forwards to your Skype? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yep. Very cool. I, you know, I absolutely, I, I don't think that, that it's something that I would consider, but I, I certainly, um, I have the unlimited Skype out option just because I like to show off on, on my iPad whenever I'm, you know, connected via Wi-Fi, sure. and people say, yeah. oh, that's a great, that's a great, if, if only you could have, I mean, the only thing that's missing is the phone. I say, well, what's your phone number? And they give me their cell phone, <laughs> cell phone number and I call them from my iPad. And uh, yeah. I like playing around with that, but uh, very yeah. cool. All right, you have yeah. one last story. You want to cover this one last story, and then we have, uh, I think we have one or two voicemails I'd like to play. Yeah, well, I, first, I, don't, I want to just say I love how small the Internet makes the world because I think the big difference is accessibility with people, and I say that because I want to talk about a new service called Write on Glass, W-R-I-T-E, uh, Write on Glass, or just I'll refer to it as Glass from here on out. But it's a Firefox extension. It will be uh, a Chrome extension. But it's a service that, um, and I, I want to try to say this in a really clear way because it's kind of a new genre, um, is that literally instead of me talking about a website or talking about something that exists on the web, sending you a link, um, you know, taking a screen capture, doing Instapaper, or doing Evernote, instead of talking about it, I'm talking on it. And so what Ride on Glass does is it essentially creates a layer on top of a website, and I can click, and I can make a note on that, on a specific spot on the website. And then I can say, if you're connected to Ride on Glass as well, or Glass, if you're in my friends list, then I can also include a note to you and say, hey, click, check this out. And we can have a conversation about and on within the context of what we're talking about. Instead of talking about something sort of outside of it, we are inside of it. And again, you know, I don't want people to poo-poo it because it doesn't fit for them. I, I, was, I was thinking of some really practical things. And one for me is I'm always looking for things to help my workflow. And, you know, I have some clients I work with that I consult with, and they say, I really like this about this site. And so what we, we could do is we could start a conversation on that site and say, okay, you really like Michael Hyatt's blog. What do you like about it? And have little conversations all around that site, and they're stored there. 
contextually. You know what I mean? And the beauty of it, I think, is that it, it's it's built into my browser. So again, it's 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 that web-based tool. Um, it's they are they are so dead set on privacy issues. It's like they ask for your email address and I think a username. My email address is an, and a password. That's it. And I, I got to talk to one of the founders for about an hour this week, and that's why I was saying I love that the internet is so small. Um, that I got to talk to him about an hour, and one of the three. And one of the things that he really stressed is that the information we're going to gain from people is much more powerful because most people, when they market, they say, okay, Cliff, you are this age, uh, this gender, uh, maybe this race. Uh, and so contextually, we're going to send you ads that have something to do with this. And what he made note of, what if what if grandma is searching for a gift for, you know, um, a grandson? You know, they, they don't know what ads to throw her because they're not going to throw her the right ads because they're going to base it on the wrong thing. They're going to base, they're going to think she's a 65 or 80 year old woman. They're going to send her those ads instead of contextually, she's actually more interested in video games for her grandson. So they're able to capture more information from you because you have this layer over the Internet. And you asked me, Cliff, about a Chrome edition, and it's coming. They actually submitted one. And as I understand it, um, these guys are so, you know, so focused on privacy, and Facebook's had so many problems with this because um, they just haven't been open and honest enough about it, is they're so focused on privacy that there was an issue between how much Google wanted to capture people's information and how much they wanted to share with them. So I can just tell you, having talked to them, they understand, because I asked them the question we ask everybody, Cliff, how are you guys making money? That's what I want to know, right? And they said, yeah, we, we gain information from people, but we don't capture what you say about the websites, which I think is huge. Um, and you, on, you can only, people will only see what you share with them. Um, so if I make a comment on a on a page, no one sees it other than me unless I share it with someone else, uh, which obviously I could just use it as my own little private service, you know, of, of note-taking on the web. Um, there's a lot of changes that are still coming to the product. It's still, I think, in its infancy when it comes to lists and folders and things like that to be able to highlight text on a website and, and make that part of your note uh, or your note connected to a highlighted part of the website. But... Um, I, I think it's interesting. It's almost it's created almost another dimension to the web for me. I'm interested to see um, how it's going to help me specifically blog better, how to capture ideas contextually, and and see how it, that helps me do a better job writing content. Sounds very interesting. Uh, it, it, it's something that um, you know. Let me know when the Chrome version comes out because then I'll probably look at it. But. Uh... Absolutely. The, the question is, is how, you know, getting other people to adopt it. And of course, if you have a, a clear strategy of how you want to implement it in your business, getting that into the hands of the people that you want to interact with. So th this isn't a private beta right now, right? Yeah. And what's great is they actually gave us business equity. They gave us a, a code. So if you go there right now, you can't get in without a code. Well, here's a code. BTW is for our business equity listeners. If you go and you enter the code BTW, you can get in. All right. Um, so thank you to the team for that. Um, you know, they, they don't want to release it to everybody because they know that there's improvements to be made. They're, they're, they're relying on feedback from people. And, 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 and Lord knows, and I mean that literally, that you and I will give some feedback. 
So, you know, once the Chrome comes out, I'll let you know. But in the meantime, you know, if you want to check out the service, you know, my username is Andy Traub on there. If you want to, you know, tap me and say, I want to share with you my, you know, my my slides, as they call them. So, um, you know, I, I think it's worth checking out. I think there's a lot of things they have coming down the pipe that, as if, if all it was is what it is right now, I wouldn't endorse it. But I know that they're going to be tweaking it in the future. And, um, you know, again, I think that it could make a lot of sense in-house for companies to have more than one person. <laughs> you know, for you and I as a solopreneur, I think it would be maybe a little harder to find some uses. Uh, well, I should say this. I think a company could find more uses than maybe you and I could. But right. I can see within an office, within a, a group of, of really using this to collaborate in a whole different way than relying on Facebook or Twitter or Basecamp or Rise or, you know, I mean, you're on the page you're talking about, you know, you can have a conversation within a box on that page uh, and it's all stored right there uh, within the context of what you're talking about, literally on the context of what you're talking about. So, um, I don't know, I think it's interesting. It's, it's, I can't quite wrap my head around it. That's why I talked to him for almost an hour trying to figure out ways that I could use this. And, um, you know, I'm convinced they're trying. I'm convinced that it's going to get better, and I'm convinced that, um, that for a lot of people, this is going to create a new dimension for their web surfing, and I think that's pretty exciting. Well, very cool. I went ahead and signed up. I'm username GSPN on there. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I'll fire up Firefox anytime soon, but uh, at, le- <laughs> at least I'm in there. Go ahead and friend me, and, and uh, you know, like I said, as soon as the Chrome comes available, then I'll, I'll get in. Yeah, I'll be yeah. interested to so, see, and and by then it'll probably be moving along pretty fast. But uh, well, it, it can't do, do any worse than Google Wave. Oh and, uh, goodness, li- it's, it's a lot easier to understand than Google Wave. Let me put it that way. Well, let me ask you this: um, I, I saw that you can like you know use some crosshairs and and drag it out and highlight like a section. Do you have the ability uh-huh. to do like a marker so that you can actually draw a circle and then draw a line and point arrows up at another section? They don't have that yet, and that's, again, what I was saying is they, they are going to have where you can highlight within a page. Yeah, I... Make reference to something yeah, on what, a page. What, I think that's going to be key if yeah. you want to be able to focus in on a section of either type or an image or, you know, I mean, I, you know, well, that's a great question, Cliff, and I think I know where you're going with it is, you know, I want a, I want a, a palette. Is that the right word? I, well, basically, I, I want my... It, it, the, the name of the company is Right on Glass, and so I want it to be almost as though, okay, the, this website is here on my screen and I want to be able to write on the site and I want to be able to just kind of like take my, my mouse pointer and I want to use it as if it was a marker and say, hey, see this little section over here and circle this little section in the left, you know, sidebar. And I say, yeah. you know, and, and I would put, and I would write the word move here and then I would draw an yeah. arrow pointing up to the right hand side where I want that actually moved. I think that's a great idea. So I know they're go. listening. I'm not in the chat room because I don't have the internet right now, but I know that uh, their team out in LA was going to be listening to the show today. So Very cool. And folks, that's uh, go to writeonglass.com. And if you are a Business Tech Weekly listener, when you get there on the big front page, it says uh, enter the code and it's BTW. So uh, uh, there you go. Uh, you, another benefit for uh, listening to Business Tech Weekly. Well, I'll tell you what, we have, two, we have two questions uh, that were submitted to us, and uh, I, I'm very excited to get some voicemails. So here is a call from Stephen Cross. Oh, hold on, there it goes. I'm calling in with a question for Business Tech Weekly. 
Now, I'm an advocate of Google Apps, use it in my company, um, have a personal domain, uh, and use Google Apps for that as well. But one thing I'm struggling with is contacts. One, you know, the reason I bring this up is I saw this week that Google made some enhancements to the contacts, but I find them absolutely horrible. Um, the contact management system in Google is, it just never seems to work. When I try to sync to my computer or I sync to my phone, I get duplicates all over the place. I'm wondering if you guys have any suggestions or alternatives to deal with managing contacts within Google. Any advice you could give would be great. Love the show. Thanks. Bye. All right. So Stephen uh, wants to know what can we do about this? Have you had it? Well, you don't have an iPhone, do you? No, Cliff, I don't. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I, I know that uh, this is a real issue. As soon as they made the ability to push sync with Google contacts and you can actually can, con, uh, sync your contacts with your, your Google account, number one, yes. The Google has, I mean, Google for all the awesomeness that they offer us, let's just put it this way. The guys are just not good at user interface. They're really not. They're super smart people. They know how to make things happen, but they can't design anything worth the, I mean, I mean, let's just put it this way. They can't design anything. So the thing is, is that it, the Google contacts management system is a total mess. And even, even the Gmail, the, the newly revised one, it's not, it's not a better it, it's not that much better it, it, it's a huge improvement but it's still not the greatest and i think you're still going to have the problem of syncing which steven is talking about and here's the deal i had this issue so i have all of these contact i had all these contacts in my iphone because i had already added them and and brought them in from my address book from my mac or whatever the case may be but then i also have this huge growing list of contacts via gmail and so I decide I want to sync the two. Well, if you do that, yes, you're going to have duplicates because, you know, they're not going to know if John Smith in your Google contacts is the same as the John Smith on your phone. And it's going to not it's not going to know to merge them, even though they are the same John Smith. But then again, who knows? They might not be. Um, they don't have a really clear, easy way, an easy tool of, of dealing with that. Another very huge issue is that the iPhone has so many different uh, fields for telephone numbers. Uh, they have, you know, home, work, mobile, uh, and then they have, you know, other. They have, and, and, and I think they even have a couple others, and you can even make your own custom fields. Well, guess what? If you sync all of those phone numbers or all your contacts, let's just say you had zero, you have zero contacts in Google, and you just said, look, let's just dump everything I have on my iPhone. I want it to sync and I want it to put everything onto Google. Well, guess what? You'll go through like I did and you'll find out that half the phone numbers are missing because there are only certain fields that are actually scheduled to sync with certain fields with the Apple uh, iPhone. And so this was a huge issue for me. And so actually it got so frustrating for me and I wanted to have one place, one contacts list to rule them all. So what I decided to do is I actually found out that if as long as you have the information in the Google contacts, then guess what? It will put them in a place on your iPhone. So I actually went in and completely deleted every single contact 
off of my iPhone after I made sure it was in Google Calendar or in Google Context as well as in my high rise as well. Uh, and and as soon as I did that, then I turned the sync on and then I synced my Google Contacts to my iPhone and it works perfect. So that's how I handle it. So essentially that. you got it to work by not syncing at all, right? I mean, you think, but you didn't. Didn't merge. I should. Say, I, I, right? I got it to work without with. I it, it was working with syncing, but I did not merge. I didn't do an initial merge. I I basically right. made sure that all of the original information was in Google Contacts, wiped everything clean from the iPhone, and did did, did the sync. And everything that's on Google Contacts is on my iPhone. Now, what I have to do right. is I have to be careful if I add somebody brand new on my iPhone, like if somebody calls in and I didn't recognize their number and then I go in and I add their name and all that other stuff, I have to make sure that I don't put it in a field that doesn't sync back to Google. Right, right. right. Another way of saying it, and this is really helpful, but if you have to find the field of agreement, yes. just use those. Yeah. But the best way to do it is, like you said, Cliff, just to start from scratch. You know, not to start from scratch, but start with just Google because it's the one that has less field, technically. Yeah, yeah, right. and and that's a, that's okay. a that's a Google issue, by the way. Is is the the, the how much and, and and really you have the same kind of things with syncing folders and 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 a bunch of other stuff. If I mean, Google's got some limitations there, and it, it's just not the greatest. Yeah, per- I, and I should say I think Google tweak their stuff to make other apps on the iPad not work to where it used to sync with Google Docs and then, you know, they'll send out an update and say, Google changed something and so it doesn't sync with their service anymore, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, it's not perfect, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, Good. and there, there's definitely some frustrations I have with Google Apps and, and I, I think unless you have a very valid reason to move to it, I wouldn't if you're a, if you're a Gmail user. You mean Google uh, Contacts, it, right? Google, well... No, I just mean in general. Like, I have people like, hey, I should get Google Apps. I'm like, well, why? Like, what's your reason for doing it? Right. You know? Because you can still obviously manage your, you can manage your gspn.tv email address from a Gmail account, right? Right. So, uh, I'm just telling people that don't go just for the sake of going. Go with some intention because Google Apps, um, you know, with all of its uptown guarantees and larger inbox capacity or, you know, it, it, it does... It does frustrate still in some ways. Yeah, it doesn't always get the updates as fast as everything else that in the Gmail world. I still like I still like my Google Apps, but uh, you know what? And and this is the same thing. I it's the same way I approach everything. You know, this is a limitation that is given by um, by Google, and so I found the limitation and I found a way to do what I want to do given that limitation. So I found yep. systems that work around. And work within the limitations provided by the technology. There you go. All right, one last. Actually, you know what, Troy, we're gonna save your call for next week because I know Andy, you've got other things to do this afternoon. You got to run. I do. So I uh, do, and uh, and I'm excited to hear that next week. Maybe we can start off with that. So exactly, and it's all about online stores. Is it better to have a retail store online using like an eBay store? Or should you have your own website where you can add your own products and you don't have to pay people a commission on it or uh, whatever? Or maybe maybe both. I don't know. So uh, anyway, I uh, just want to say thank you for listening. And uh, if you like this show, 
and you're wondering where have been the last three episodes, it's been a while since you guys put an episode out. Well, that's because we give you one episode a month for free, and this is it. And if you want to have an episode every single week, head over to gspn.tv slash plus to find out how and join the community.